0: Even though it looks a little bit more like Christmas outside, we know it is Easter, and it might not feel like Easter uh, in the world. Uh, I think we're going to be stuck in this perpetual uh, Good Friday until uh, this uh, COVID-19 crisis is over, until we find uh, a vaccine or or, um, some solution towards it. And uh, that's a difficult place to be. We know this. It is a difficult place to be in that tomb with Jesus, but we know that Jesus did not stay in that tomb. Resurrection came, as I said on Good Friday, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a paragraph of the uh, Catechism that is uh, beautiful uh, to reflect on, 903, paragraph 903. And it tells us that there is not one thing in the Christian story that does not become part of the answer to the problem of evil, the problem that we have with COVID-19, the problem we have with the division that our world faces, the problem that our nation faces, the problem that we face, the division in our workplaces, in our homes. There's not one element of our story the story of Jesus Christ, that is not part of the answer. And while we like to focus on Easter, on the resurrection, we like to focus on the good things. We know that it is the crucifixion itself that provides the greatest part of that answer. It's the the death of Jesus Christ and we remember, as, as we always ought to, anyway, that uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is God, and that Jesus Christ knew what He was doing when He took a, took the cross. He knew everything. And while it was not easy for him to align his will with the Father, after all we hear in Luke's Gospel, he was so stressed, so distressed, so intense in his prayer that he sweat blood that is a real medical condition. It happens under extreme stress. Most doctors will go their entire life and never even see a case. Yet Jesus experienced that for us. knowing. That wasn't even the beginning. So we call to mind that this Easter is Easter precisely because of the death of, of Jesus. Without his death, there can be no resurrection. Without the tomb, there can be no faith. And we have today this this story, and every time I read it, I can't help but think, okay, John was probably 18, 19, 20 at the time. Peter was probably 30, 33, because he was about the same age as Jesus. Of course a 20-year-old is going to beat a 33-year-old. Of course. But John beats Peter in a different way. Peter goes in, he sees the tomb, he sees the burial cloths, he sees the napkin that covered the face of Jesus rolled up in a separate place. He sees and he's bewildered. But John goes in and he sees and believes. He didn't have to see the resurrection of Jesus, the the resurrected Jesus. In fact, in the church, we don't even hear about the resurrection. We don't hear of a resurrection account Well, if we we had Mass tonight, we could read the Gospel for the Road to Emmaus story. But we don't hear about it as, as a church on Sunday until next week. Why? Because the church knows that we need to meditate on the empty tomb first. The tomb is empty. The body of Jesus is not there. As Mary Magdalene says, they've taken the Lord and we don't know where they put him. And she begins to dare to hope. And Peter is bewildered, but I believe in his heart, he begins to dare to hope. And John certainly dares to hope. He believes. See, they had been prepared. They had been told that Jesus Christ was going to go to the cross And they had been told that three days later he would be raised from the dead. They had been told, but they didn't know, they didn't understand what that meant. But when they saw the empty tomb, they dared to hope. And maybe that's the the thing we need most during this time. While we're in our homes, sequestered, quarantined, self-isolating, shelter-in-place, whatever you want to call it. If we do not dare to hope, we are the most hopeless of all people. But if we do dare to hope, if we do say we will be obedient to uh, this process, if we do say there is hope coming, there is something coming, then we will have the attitude that we need We don't need to see the resurrected Jesus to dare to hope. That's what this Gospel tells me, anyway. We don't need to see the resurrected Christ to dare to hope. But just in case you need some good news today, we do see the resurrected Christ. Every time we come to Mass, we see it, Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Actually, I misspoke. Jesus Christ is the Eucharist. And maybe it's a little thing, maybe we overlook it so often, and maybe this time of of watching TV at home or, or watching Mass at home on our TVs or computer screens, or because there's so few that are here, maybe during this time, to pay attention. There's a little ritual that we do as priests, that as we break the bread while we're praying the Lamb of God, we break a small fraction off. We drop it in the chalice of the precious blood. Blood and body separated is death. Our morticians, that's their job. Blood and body united is life. The Eucharist is united, the body and blood of Christ. When we receive him, we receive body, blood, soul, and divinity united. We see the resurrection of Christ. We see the resurrection of Christ. Certainly not with our bodily eyes, but with eyes of faith. The same eyes that John had when he saw the separation of the burial cloths and the napkin that covered his face and believed. So, we ought to dare to hope this day.